25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
In the AM. What a song, huh? Matanot Ktanot. That's Rami Kleinstein here on a Friday morning. Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. That is one uh, incredible selection. Uh, before that, you heard uh, Malchuscha done by Ohad, Yanki Lemmers Mimkomcha, Micha Avdecha, that's Micha Gammerman, Shalom Aleichem done by Regesh, and of course Regesh and Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this uh, 13th of January, day 15. In the month of Teves, the year 5777, Tavshinai and Zion, it's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayechi. We'll close out the book of Bracious uh, tomorrow. And Rabbi Yudin will address the uh, topic of the Torah portion uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Candlelighting New York area, 431. 431, we're calling official candlelighting time. Monday's a legal holiday for some. We are here between 6 and 9 Monday morning with a live edition of JM in the AM. So business as usual for us, make sure to be tuned in all through the weekend and, of course, on Monday as well. 53 degrees outside. It's 53 both here and in Jerusalem. How do you like that? After record-breaking temperatures yesterday in the New York area, waking up to 53. As we go through the show, the temperature is going to start dropping. It's one of those days where by the time you get to the afternoon, we'll be in the mid-40s. Mostly sunny today, a high now. As we said, 53, but we're going to spend most of the day in the mid-40s. And tonight, mostly cloudy, low 27. 
Uh, tomorrow, cloudy skies, a high temperature, 35 degrees. 53 right now in Yerushalayim, and as I said, 53 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Taking a look at our app, which is always fun to look at and see what's been happening. First of all, a lot of comments during our bonus JM uh, segment before JM in the AM. So I thank everybody who was uh, chiming in on the app before that. Uh, since JMM started, Nahum, uh, if you have a chance, please play some eighth day. We'll see if we can do that. 49 degrees in Teaneck. Big switch from Monday, huh? Yes, it certainly is. Aaron says, have a good Shabbos and good morning, Nahum. Great to hear you on the bonus time. I appreciate that. And someone's asking about the rally yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the uh, we were at the rally yesterday. Reported during the live lunch from the rally. About 250 people or so in a rally that um, was across from the French mission to the United Nations. Uh, we'd like to see even more people come out, but call like a vote to those who were there. And um, as these demonstrations and protests and rallies occur, we'll try to mobilize the forces and get more and more people and schools and organizations and shuls to come out and to take part. <clears throat> it would be wonderful if, in fact, they did. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is in Israel. We'll speak to him about uh, an hour and ten minutes from now. Weekly update with uh, all the breaking news. And there's a lot going on for those who have been following the news over the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, so we'll do that. Don't forget, at 9 o'clock, Naomi Nachman is going to be live. A chance to see Naomi in action. Go to the uh, Gourmet Glot at 1030 Railroad Avenue starting at 9 o'clock this morning in Woodmere, New York. And you'll see Naomi with special guests, uh, Boris from Cork and Slice, Dini from Dini Delivers, Shlomo from Royal Wines, Dahlia from Marzipan, Avi from Kapanash, they're all together with Naomi during a supersized edition of Table for Two, coming up between 9 and 10.30. You can watch the whole thing on the homepage at NahumSegal.com. You can hear it on all of our platforms, of course, followed by the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos Music Mix. Live lunch Friday, Erev Shabbos with Mark Zamek at 12 noon Eastern Time. It's amazing how much programming we are putting together for you every single Friday and really every single day. And... um uh, what else do I have to tell you? Um, Saturday Night Seagull with we'll Rummy tomorrow night featuring our Elizabeth Wickler. That starts at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. JM Sunday with Mott this Sunday morning. I mean, there's so much happening, it's unbelievable. So um, people are wondering about the event of the weekend. It's incredible what the OU has done. This Torah event happening at City Field has really become the event that everyone's talking about. So many people are going to be there, and uh, they knew it would be uh, somewhat successful. I don't know if they ever dreamed it would be this successful. So kudos to the OU. Sunday at City Field, indoors, they have this incredible Torah program going on with so many different shiurim, lectures, etc. Uh, so it really should be cool. really should be amazing. Uh, Sunday at City Field. On our app, listener Aaron says, Mazel Tov to Eddie and Allison Silver. The bar mitzvah of their son is this Shabbos. Mazel Tov. Going out to Allison and Eddie and the entire family. Bar Mitzvah celebration taking place this Shabbos. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at the JM in the AM. All right, that's great news. And uh, yesterday we uh, announced uh, on JM in the AM, and I, 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 I think of this because Eddie Silver is one of the people who works so hard on the Young Israel of Manhattan concert each year. Uh, we announced yesterday the Young Israel of Manhattan concert will in fact feature Mordechai Shapiro and Ellie Marcus coming up on February the 18th here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. So uh, there you go. A lot of great stuff down the road. More coming up. It's JM in the AM with Benny Friedman. Thanks for keeping it here on a Friday. The Nahum Siegel Network with all the great programming you'd ever want. Spread the word, everybody. Weekly update just over an hour away and plenty more on a JM in the AM Friday here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
ואתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, אתה צדיק, על כל הבא. ואתה צדיק על כל הבא עלינו, אתה צדיק על כל הבא עלינו, אתה צדיק על כל הבא. ואתה צדיק על כל הבא עלינו, אתה צדיק על כל הבא עלינו, אתה צדיק על כל הבא. Sandy Shmueli with that one. Uh, great tune. It's called Vatat Sadiq, a single that Sandy released recently. Itzik Dadya with Bowie off the brand new Sheer volume number two. You heard Gershon Varoba's Ani Yisrael. Benny Friedman, of course, in there with Ivri Anochi. Uh, nine minutes before the hour. It's JM in the AM coming up on 7 o'clock 
here on the East Coast. I thank all of you for tuning in from around the world and being part of this radio experience every single day. Much appreciated. Friday morning on this area of Shabbos Parshas Vayechi, we'll close out the book of Bracious, candle lighting at 431 in this area. 431 is candle lighting time. Hey, I want to wish a mazel tov to Aliza and Yosef Wartelski. They're among the honorees of the Darche Torah dinner in Farakaway uh, this coming Sunday night. To Aliza and Yosef Wartelski, we say mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to the Spiegel and Luxembourg families. Um... Jonathan Spiegel and uh, Jacqueline Luxembourg, they're going to be married this coming Sunday in New York City, Bezrat Hashem. And to uh, Randy and Arthur Luxembourg in Great Neck, and to uh, Michelle and Eitan Spiegel in the Five Towns, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Big Simcha coming up on uh, on Sunday, please God. 53 degrees, temperatures going to be dropping throughout the day in this area, mostly sunny. Mostly cloudy for tonight, low 77, low 77, low 27. <laughs> Tomorrow, cloudy skies, a high shop is 35 degrees. 53 in Yerushalayim and uh, in the 50s right now, but dropping later on uh, all through the morning here at uh, in New York City. And you're listening to JMNAM. Simcha Liner out with the brand new one. He'll visit us Thursday. Simcha Liner expected in studio live this coming Thursday here at JM in the AM in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll talk about this, his brand new one, entitled Liner Live in Odessa. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Live in Odessa is Simcha Liner, who's expected in our studio this coming Thursday here at JM in the AM. Looking forward to that. Simcha Liner set to visit us this coming Thursday. Get set, everybody. Uh, wrapping up our first hour, we'll do our news from Israel at the top of the hour. Um, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, live from Gourmet Glot. Gourmet Glot on Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. It's uh, Naomi Nachman and Table for Two. It'll be live. You'll see it all on the homepage at NachumSiegel.com. You can hear it on all of our digital platforms. She'll have a lot of special guests. Her live shows are always incredible. Tune in. Watch at NachumSiegel.com. Tune into the NSN app and all of our other methods of uh, of tuning in, of listening in. And to get ready for a uh, a really wonderful presentation coming up by Naomi Nachman. You know about Sunday, everyone's talking about it. It's, of course, Torah in the City, City Field, indoors, in Queens, brought to you by the OU, an incredible lineup, wonderful speakers, an amazing day of Torah, starting early Sunday. Go to OU.org for information, OU.org for information, and uh, get set to uh, enjoy a, a really a fascinating day. A reminder, uh, the Mizrahi World Movement, Invites invites everybody to participate in the incredible mega mission of a lifetime, Yom Yerushalayim, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. The Mizrahi World Movement mega mission starts May 22nd. Have you logged on to get the information? We want your shul, your school, your organization, your men's club, your sisterhood, your family, all represented at that incredible uh, mega mission. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. It's really as simple as that. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio exclusively around the world at NahumSiegel.com on the NSN NahumSiegel Network. And of course in our beloved NSN app. And I thank you for tuning in no matter what method you're using to tune in. Galitz on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Malcolm Honline is in Israel. He'll join us at about 7.40 Eastern time this morning with the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Yudin is in Israel, we're told. He'll close out the book of Bracious and speak about Parshas Vayechi from Israel at about 8.15 Eastern time this morning. And we'll wrap up at 9 o'clock before we give things over to Naomi Nachman for that great live show, Table for Two, at the Gourmet Glot in Woodmere. Then the Kedem presentation of our Arab Shabbos music mix all the way until candlelighting time. Plus, they bring you live lunch Friday with Mark Zamek at 12 noon Eastern time. Just amazing and incredible programming all through your Friday. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam הנשיא הנבחר של ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ אומר כי על מועמדיו לכונה בקבינט להביע דעה עצמית גם אם זו אינה תואמת את שלו כתבנו נתנאל דרשן אמירתו של טראמפ עשויה להתפרש כמתן גיבוי להתבטאות שר ההגנה המיועד ג'יימס מטיס לפיה בירת ישראל היא תל אביב בנוסף אמר מטיס בשימוע שנערך לו אתמול בסנאט כי הוא תומך בפתרון שתי מדינות לשני ימים עד כה לא נרשמה אף תגובה פומבית על דבריו מפי בכירים ישראלים בירושלים מובא למנוחות המוזיקאי מאיר בנאי, בבית העלמין גבעת שאול, כתבנו נוב ראובני. 
מאות ליוו למנוחות בשעה האחרונה את הזמר מאיר בנאי שהלך אמש לעולמו בגיל 55 אחרי מאבק ממושך במחלת הסרטן. הקרובים ובני המשפחה התכנסו קודם לכן בבית ההספדים הספרדי בבית העלמין גבעת שאול בירושלים, שם נטמן, בנו נועם ואחיו אביתר ספדו לו יחד עם קרובים נוספים, משפחתו ביקשה להימנע מסיקור תקשורתי במהלך הלוויה. הוא שיחה עם גל"צ, ספד לבנאי הזמר קובי עוז. הוא קיבל שירה, הוא קיבל הלחנה, הוא קיבל נגינה, הוא קיבל כריזמה, הוא קיבל מידות טובות. הוא ידע לעשות את הכל, והשאיר לנו עומק תרבותי ורגשי עצום. הוא בעיניי היה מגדלאור של מוזיקה מעולה. בית משפט השלום בירושלים מעריך את מעצרו של רב מאזור בנימין החשוד במעשים מגונים בקטין. כתבנו ענבל תמיר. הדיווח למשטרה על החשד למעשים המגונים התקבל כבר לפני כחצי שנה על מעשים שבוצעו לכאורה לפני שנתיים. במחוז שי במשטרה נמסר כי בעת קבלת הדיווח החשוד, רב בן 45 מאזור בנימין, לא היה בארץ, ואתמול לאחר שהתברר ששב הוא נעצר לחקירה. לבקשת סנגורו של החשוד, בית המשפט אסר על פרסום פרטיו. המשטרה תפסה סמים בשווי 700 אלף שקלים במזרח ירושלים, כתבנו אריאל זיגלר. הסמים נתפסו אצל תושב מזרח העיר, החשוד שפעל כסוחר לסוחרים וניהל בביתו תחנת מכירה שסיפקה את החומר לסוחרים בשכונות מזרח ירושלים. במקביל נעצרו אתמול כמה מקרובי משפחתו בזמן שנסעו ברכבם לירושלים וברשותם נתפסו 70 פלטות חשיש, מאות כדורי אקסטזי וסמים נוספים, אותם על פי החשד הם הובילו לירושלים, מעצרם של כלל החשודים מוארך עד ליום שני. לבית החולים מאיר בכפר סבא פונה במצב קשה רוכב אופניים כבן חמישים לאחר שהתמוטט ביער קדימה. צוות מד"א ביצע ברוכב החייאה ולאחר מכן פינה אותו לקבלת טיפול רפואי כשהוא מורדם ומונשם. סמוך לצאלים נפצע קשה נהג רכב שטח בן 42 לאחר שהתהפך בעת נסיעה בחולות. כתבנו רמי שני מוסר כי הנהג פונה באמצעות מסוק לבית החולים סורוקה בבאר שבע. התחזית היום תורגש ירידה בטמפרטורות, מחר עלייה בטמפרטורות, ינשבו רוחות מזרחיות חזקות וירד גשם קל ברוב הארץ. בין שבת לראשון הגשם יתחזק. אלה החדשות שעורך עמרי רחמימוב, ביצוע טכני, בן קטן. צור מי שלום, שלום אכלנו, צור מי שלום, שלום אכלנו, צור מי שלום אכלנו, ברכו אמוני, סבלנו ויוסרנו כדבר השם, צור מי שלום אכלנו, ברכו אמוני, סבלנו ויוסרנו כדבר השם, הזנה זנה זן, הזנה סולמו, הזנה זנה זן, הזנה סולמו, הזנה סולמו, רואינו אבינו, אכלנו אסלח מוי ואינו שסינו, אל כנו דלשמיו נעללו בפינו, אמרנו ויונינו אין קדוש כהשם. צור מי שלום, מי שלום אכלנו, צור מי שלום, מי שלום אכלנו, צור מי שלום אכלנו, ברכו אמוני סבנו ויסרנו כדמה השם, צור מי שלום אכלנו, ברכו אמוני סבנו ויסרנו כדמה השם, 
Bishir 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 Tor me shalom, shalom, achalnu. Tor me shalom, achalnu. Tor me shalom, achalnu. Baruchu em night. Savanu biyosanu kibar Hashem. Tor me shalom, Rachem bechazdecha alam chazurenu al tiyom shkang kibodecha zebul beis nifakdenu ben David abdecha yavol yigalenu ruach apenu mishiach Hashem tur mi shalom shalom achalnu tur mi shalom shalom achalnu. Crashing, hit a wall Right now I need a miracle Hurry up now, I need a miracle
J.M. in the A.M. Why studs with Don't Let Me Down. Uh, before that, you heard the um, R.E.A. Kunstler selection of the NCSY Venture app, Tour Michelo. Ten minutes after the hour. Good morning. It's J.M. in the A.M. Weekly update coming up later on this hour. Thanks so much for tuning in and being part of this radio experience. Uh, coming up over the weekend, uh, today, as I've been mentioning, an incredible lineup. And amazing things happening. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time featuring Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. J.M. Sunday, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time with Matis. Elliot Weiselberg in Court Report, 7 p.m. Sunday night. And a whole bunch of great programming. Check out our schedule online, of course, at NahumSiegel.com. Hey, I spoke to Rabbi Besser this morning. The uh, great Rabbi Mordechai Besser is, of course, the principal for the last many, many years up at Manhattan Day School, and the event that I look forward to all year long, and he knows this, that's why he called me early this morning, he knows the second it was set in stone that I would be excited about it. Um, February the 25th, it is the father, son, and grandfather, and uncles, and anybody who wants to come along, uh, Malava Malka up at Manhattan Day School, I'm going to encourage all the MDS parents out there, and I would better, I better would say uh, all the alumni and their parents as well, why not? to come to the Father-Son event, uh, February the 25th. It's for grades 4 through 8 up at MDS. This year it'll feature Aton Katz, who's coming up in just a moment here on JM and the AM. So MDS community, get ready. Get ready for a great event. It's always a wonderful night, and uh, this will be no doubt, no exception, that's for sure. So we are looking forward to that uh, coming up uh, February the 25th. Uh, also, we mentioned the Young Israel of Manhattan has announced their concert for February the 18th here in, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, featuring Mordechai Shapiro and uh, Ellie Marcus. They're going to be together again February the 18th, Seward Park High School, the corner of Grand Street and Essex Street in New York City. And knowing the people who've put together that concert, they're probably going to allow us to give away tickets to that, which will be great. So we'll do some of that as the uh, days go by uh, between now and the concert. Um and I thank those of you who are commenting on the NSN app. Uh, thank you very much. A um, a wonderful... Uh, oh, people are recommending Hamalach HaGol. I think we'll do it uh, after Rabbi Yudin this morning. Uh, we'll wait for that uh, later on during the show. Uh, I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. It's always great to see people from around the world commenting and... Uh, Letting us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. The NSN app, the Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, gives you the opportunity to add a comment. You'll see it on the front page on the home screen of the app. It just says add a comment. You can go ahead and comment away, and I'm glad that so many people take the opportunity to do so. Um, I thank you very much for that. And all through the day, by the way, remember there's a live lunch at noon uh, with Mark Zamek and 9 o'clock, a live program with Naomi Nachman, Table for Two, coming from the Gourmet Glot in Woodmere on Railroad Avenue. There's going to be a live show between 9 and 10.30, a supersized table for two. All through the day, you can comment on the app. Uh, chances are better than not that uh, one of the uh, members of the hierarchy of the Nahum Segal Network will see that comment. So go ahead and feel free to let us know what's on your mind all throughout the day. Eitan Katz, as we said, he is next, and you are listening to JM and the AM at the Nahum Segal Network.
job, I'm living life, going places, so much strife. Starting to think about what's gonna be. Who knows, who cares, who dares to share a bit of what you feel inside. Open up a little trust, cause we're all family. with the Waterbury Yeshiva album and Hold On. That's the name of that selection. Before that, you heard uh, It's Shabbos Now. It's eighth day. Shlomo Kalbach with Bowie Vishalom. Schar Mitzvah done by Mordechai Shapiro. Eitan Katz in there with Hua Lokenu. And as we mentioned, Eitan Katz will be performing, uh, as we announced this morning, at the February 25th Father's Son Lalamalka up at Manhattan Day School. Best regards to Besser and everybody up at MDS on this Friday morning. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayechi, candle lighting at 4.31 in the New York area. Malcolm Honelines in Israel will make contact with him, get the weekly update going in a few minutes from now. Rabbi Yudin is also in Israel. He'll address Parshas Vayechi and the end of the book of Bracious coming up at about 8.15 Eastern time this morning. Want to wish a mazel tov to Aliza and Yosef Wartelsky. They're among the honorees of the Darche Torah of Farakaway dinner coming up on Sunday night. Mazal tov, Aliza and uh, Yosef Wartelsky from all of us here at JM in the AM. And uh, so much is happening uh, today on the um, Nahum Siegel Network right after JM in the AM. It's a table for two, supersized edition with Naomi Nachman live at the Gourmet Glot in Woodmere at 1030 Railroad Avenue. Join her starting at 9 o'clock. She'll be there until 1030. And, um, yeah, she'll be there until t- 1030. 
Boris from Cork and Slice, Dini from Dini Delivers, Shlomo from Royal Wines, Dahlia from Marzipan, Avi from Kapanash, all guests of Naomi Nachman on Table for Two today from Woodmere's Gourmet Glot. You can watch the whole thing on the homepage of NahumSiegel.com. You can hear the whole thing on all of our digital platforms. So um, that's it. That's all you need to know. Then at 10.30 into our Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. At 12 noon, Mark Zamek with a Friday live lunch. Uh, part of the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music. And that goes all the way until candlelighting time. For us, it'll be 4.31 in the New York area. And um, great weekend programming as well, of course, with Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night. JM Sunday with Matis Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. There's just so much happening. It's amazing. Also, keep in mind, Simcha Liner's been rescheduled. Simcha Liner joins us in studio Thursday morning right here at JM in the AM. We're very much looking forward to it Thursday morning for Simcha Liner here at JM in the AM. The OU event is Sunday at City Field. Everyone seems to be talking about Sunday's OU event. An incredible Torah event with so many lectures and so many incredible presentations coming on, or going on, I should say, at uh, indoors at City Field in Queens. Plenty of free parking, of course, and they're expecting a massive crowd. You can be part of it. Go to OU.org for information, OU.org. It's Torah in the City for this coming Sunday. Call a vote to the OU for an amazing job with that program. More coming up on a Friday morning broadcast. You are listening to JM in the AM. Keep it right here. At the Nahum Siegel Network.
Hey, I want to get that's Eitan Freilich, by the way. I want to give a special shout-out. Speaking of Eitan Freilich, I think he's from London, right? I want to give a special shout-out to listener Simon, who posted on the app that he's listening live from London. All right. Thank you so much, Simon. Also, somebody on the app wants to know how the rally was yesterday. Look, it was a good rally. About 250 people. Wish more people would have been there, but uh, certainly an effective demonstration at the French Mission yesterday uh, during the early part of the afternoon in New York City. Call it a vote to everybody who came out to be part of that demonstration. Here's Miami Mizrach. You are listening to JM in the AM.
Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos, ready to close out the book of Bracious, Parshas Vayechi comes up tomorrow. Candlelighting at 4.31 in this area, 4.31 official candlelighting time in the New York area. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com for looking for thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos to check out some of the things happening in this world of ours. Check out JewishWorldReview.com uh, for all the information. Also, the uh, our friends at OnlySimchas.com continue to utilize our content for some of their amazing news stories that have um, uh, been the focus of uh, some of the news that they've been uh, posting on their news feed over the last few weeks. And we thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com. Go to OnlySimchas.com not only for all the news about the great occasions and all the smachot out there, but also for some great news from the, uh, or important news from the uh, Jewish world in general. By the way, i got to give a special shout-out to the Jewish Link of New Jersey. They did an amazing article a couple of weeks ago about our digital platform, and we're grateful for that. Really nice article about the uh, early success and way beyond anybody's expectations of what's been happening here every single day and uh, certainly on weekday mornings, but really all through the day uh, with the Nachum Siegel Network. And now they've, uh, and and it's posted in a bunch of places already, uh, they've done an article about one of the uh, students in Israel. Apparently they do features on students in Israel at different times, uh, maybe on a weekly basis, I'm not quite sure. And this time around, the Chava Siegel. Uh, in Israel uh, was the um, was the feature which made her parents really proud and happy. So thank you to the Jewish Link of New Jersey, and a big thank you um, uh, for that and um, for being great friends of ours, both personally and professionally. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us for the weekly update Friday mornings here at JM in the AM today. Uh, Malcolm Honline is in Jerusalem, and that is from uh, where he'll speak with us this morning here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's always great to be with you, but especially from beautiful, sunny Jerusalem. And those who are here can attest to how gorgeous it is today. Well, Jerusalem is amazing. We're trying to convince everybody to be there in May uh, at uh, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. We're talking about that a lot, but the truth is, as you've always pointed out the key is just to go go as often as possible and if you want a good way to fight back against the enemy malcolm and i mean the physical enemy that our brothers and sisters face every day in israel and i mean the bds enemy and the u.n enemy etc 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 one of the best ways for diaspora jews to counter all of that is to continuously travel to the holy land so let's hope people absolutely there's nothing and tourism is up this year uh, I think it's almost uh, 3 million, and uh, the numbers are picking up all the time. So despite all the attempts to boycott, uh, I saw there was uh, the amount of investment in Israel this year reached also a, a record high of, uh, you know, uh, merger acquisitions uh, involving Israeli companies. I mean, it's astounding that, uh, you know, the, the ones who are getting hurt, are the Palestinians and others? You see that even on the West Bank, the 180 the the industrial zones are booming, and the demand for space in them can't be met. There's not enough. Uh, they can't allocate enough space for all of the companies that are are trying to get there. So, uh, for those who who get gloomy and who are concerned, when 4.8 billion dollars uh, was raised by high tech firms. In, in the past year, which is an all-time high, I think it was up 11 or 12% from 2015. That uh, 
good reason for optimism. Ah, one trip to Jerusalem, and as usual, it's put you into such a positive frame of mind. The big story overnight, <laughs> the big story overnight, everybody wants. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I know. I'm always anxious to see how you're going to react to those. <laughs> the big story overnight that everybody wants to know about right off the bat, of course, is the Syrian army claim. Syrian army command said Friday that Israel fired rockets at a major military air base outside Damascus and warned Tel Aviv of repercussions of what it called a, quote, flagrant attack. Has Israel admitted to anything? And I don't know, if we're speculating already that maybe Israel is in fact responsible for this, why would they do this at this time? So, um, Israel um, doesn't deny it, and they didn't um, specify that they carried out the attack. But all of the markings of this Again, the fact that missiles were used because of the installation of the S-300, the, the very sophisticated Russian uh, defense air defense system, they're not flying planes to places like the Damascus Airport, which is where this uh, incident supposedly took place, and that there was seen to be a big explosion, which means that there were likely weapons there, probably on their way to Hezbollah, to Lebanon. Israel's uncovered a number of um, these kind of uh, uh, caches and, uh, of, of weapons, and recently discovered uh, some that uh, the, of the new uh, mounted missiles provided by Russia, very sophisticated ones, because of bad weather, these which are, are mounted on trucks, had to be moved. And because they were moved, they become visible. And Israel was able to see some. So I don't know whether they're the target, that was the target, or other uh, items, but they, they, that is why missiles are used and proved to be pretty effective. Um, very similar then, you know, uh, the way it's reported, be, people think this is, you know, something that doesn't happen too often, but we've seen many times where Israel takes action when there are arms or caches of different things on the, on the move and they want to make sure to eliminate it as soon as possible. So as, as dramatic as this is and as dramatic as the Syrian reaction is, it's not that unusual. It has happened periodically, uh, hopefully more than we know, and is uh, very important because this is the only way to contain what what we already know is a massive shipment by Iran of weapons going to Hezbollah. Hezbollah has a huge presence in Syria. So the movement through via some of the militias and other groups, uh, and especially Hezbollah itself, moving these weapons uh, into, into Lebanon. And Lebanon, the forces and others are... Uh, looking for more and more sophisticated weapons. We've seen them use it. They, these are often stolen weapons. Uh, and we know that in uh, in Gaza, for instance, the new ISIS group that's been emerging there has weapons uh, that were supplied by NATO to Libya, in, in Libya, to forces fighting in Libya, and they get stolen or, so, or sold or compromised in other ways. And the same thing with uh, American weapons and, and Western weapons that have gone to, to Syria. We know uh, that they ended up in the, in the wrong hands, right. uh, ultimately. So, you know, uh, and Aoun, the new president of Lebanon, was in Saudi Arabia begging for the restoration of the money, the $3 billion in aid they used to get, because they need it for their military, which becomes more and more dependent on Hezbollah, which he, with which he is aligned personally. So the dynamics and all of this about and, and the, you know the shipment of weapons and provision of these weapons is very significant. 
U.S. intelligence officials warned their Israeli counterparts to be careful when transferring intelligence to the White House after Donald Trump becomes president. This according to an Israeli newspaper. Uh, I mean, why this would be you know, made public to begin with, I have no idea. This is the type of warning I would assume that you would prefer and most would prefer if it would stay quiet, right? That's number one. And secondly, is the way that Israel handles the transfer of intelligence going to be any different once there's a different president in the White House? Isn't the same procedure going to you know, hold true you know, no matter who's sitting in the White House? Yes, I think it's the same thing holds true. Uh, don't forget the people, aside from the top echelon, remain largely the same. Right. So the people that on, on operational level Israel is dealing with on a day-to-day basis are going to be the same people. So number one, we don't know if the story is true. Number two, and you know there is a lot of fake news these days, as, as we've all seen, especially when it comes to intelligence communities. Number two, it would have no significance, the administration warning them not to share the information after January uh, 20th with the new administration. Of course they're going to do it. So, you know, it, it raises a lot of questions about the authenticity of, this, of the story, and perhaps they said don't do anything until we leave, or you have to be careful about what you, you tell people because of that. See, but I had a theory. No real restriction. See, I had a theory about this. As this feud continues, and to what degree it's a feud, I don't know. Everybody could speculate on their own. But as this feud continues between U.S. intelligence officials and President-elect Trump, or the Trump incoming administration, however you want to classify it, maybe they simply, maybe somebody uh, from the U.S. intelligence officials made this public statement simply to embarrass the incoming president, trying to suggest that you know once the new administration takes over. There's going to be much more likelihood of leaks and irresponsible behavior. Is that possible? Uh, absolutely. I said that the you know it, it could come from any one of a number of sources, legitimate and not legitimate. And those who are not legitimate can have a lot of different motivations. So people have to, especially because in this era of the social network, because you can say anything and anybody can uh, propound stories and you see how quickly they get picked up and how quickly they become a fact, even though there may be very little relevance to the, to the actual story. And the main news, the really important stories, it gets such short drift that it's it's really uh, it's very frustrating for people like me when I see the real news that goes on. Like Aoun's visit to Saudi Arabia gets almost no coverage. The the new ISIS group in in Gaza, people don't know about it. That it grew from 50 people in 2015 to about 9,000 now, and and um, is being supported by ISIS in in um, in the Sinai. Well, that can have real uh, long term uh, implications. And yet, that, those stories these days get virtually no coverage. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio exclusively around the world at NahumSiegel.com, the NSN NahumSiegel Network, and of course the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is in Israel. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I was wondering when you said Gaza if you meant Sinai, but now I understand. It's sort of like an expansion of the Sinai chapter of ISIS at this point? Well, it is a native. It is native to Gaza, but aided and abetted and trained by uh, by Al Maqdis, which is the uh, ISIS in the Sinai, and they have uh, they've helped set them up. They, I don't think they're financing them, but they certainly helped set them up. And as I said, they they have these stolen weapons from Libya. But that, but but at the same time, the story, the scandalous story that Hamas tried to seduce Israeli soldiers online. 
that got headline coverage everywhere. Right. And the story, you know, went around the world so quickly. You know, they did something foolish, but it's not, it's not something that, you know, is, is unusual or, and the damage was very limited, if any. It was a warning to people just to remember that, you know, you don't respond to anything and especially salacious things. But that story got, got, uh, so much coverage about, you know, what, what, uh, what is going on. But the, the, um, the fact that in Gaza you have, uh, you know, the, the building of the tunnels, the expansion of their activities, uh, gets so little coverage about, uh, you know, and, and the reality on the ground. Then everybody's surprised when they read that Israel is preparing for a war with Hamas, but this war is to, to wipe them out and not to allow them just to keep coming back and, and doing the same thing uh, again and again. No one, unfortunately, is surprised when a, uh, a truck is rammed into a crowd in Jerusalem and three very young uh, female soldiers of the IDF and one very young male soldier of the IDF are murdered in that fashion, right. plus 16 injured, etc., etc., etc. You know the story. I mean, I, I, I've read so many articles this week on how these vehicular attacks are nearly impossible to prevent. You've discussed this on the show before. Uh, and, and I'll just ask you the same question again. I mean, is there anything at this point that Israeli intelligence or, or anybody can do to stem the tide of these types of attacks? They prevented 180 attacks in Union Sharmon in the West Bank last year, a shooting attacks, you know, that would have been serious. So, but those you don't read about because they don't happen. Here, you have an individual, he does not seem to have been, and, and in many cases, or most cases, even in the last attacks, uh, recent year, uh, they're not part of an organized group. They're more inspired by ISIS or by radicals of other kinds, uh, but they have not found direct links to an ISIS group or, or, uh, or Hamas. Hamas is trying to instigate it, and, and the PA honors them. You know, the PA is paying the widow of the murderer of this uh, really barbaric murderer who drove into this crowd of young people, backed up, drove into him again. Seven times he was referred to by Palestinian TV, the official TV, as a shahid, as a martyr. And and he, uh, the same in Al-Hayat al-Jadida, the PA officially, official daily uh, newspaper. But Abbas never condemned the attack. And he they will pay $760 a month for life for for his widow, and at one time grant of some additional amount. Well, now, thank God, we have legislation being introduced. We have people who in Congress who are working to to counter it, and I've talked about what uh, Sandy Gerber, and he recently wrote a piece on it, uh, and others have done to expose that this is a fixed part of the PA budget, $350 million to pay for all those who are in prisons and all those who have killed and uh you know, it's such an outrageous thing. What's interesting this time to me is the European reaction, that at the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin right. and Paris City Hall and the Rotterdam City Hall, they projected the Israeli flag. And the Rotterdam actually flew the Israeli flag at right. half-staff. But the on, on the other two, they covered the Brandenburg Gate with a, a projection of the Israeli flag and the same at the Paris City Hall because I think they could identify with what happened in Berlin, what happened in Nice, what happened in other places, and beginning to see that this this is their problem at, at least as much as it's Israel's problem. And when you ask me what can they do to prevent it, you can ask the same question of every city in Europe today. What? How do they? What capacity do they have? They invest 
a fortune in intelligence. They keep half of their military in the country patrolling. But what what real capacity do they have? Israel's record in this regard is actually very strong. Skeptics might say that some of these European countries uh, have a, a, a unique knack of memorializing Jews, but uh, to to think of it from your perspective, only memorializing and only memorializing. Only memorializing. Right. They don't. The living Jews they have a problem with. Dead Jews they always seem to find time for and they right. find a way to to commemorate. And, well, and, yeah, and, and, and I have said this yeah, and to you, them and on many occasions. Right, and, makes, you, and you know, makes I, me crazy. And you know, I agree with you. But in this case, you're adding a little twist to it that they, you know, felt this uh, kinship to what happened in Jerusalem because of what's happened in their own countries, which is an interesting twist on the whole thing, frankly. Um, that they actually, you know, right. that they actually went out of their way to make that public statement. The images were, you know, quite uh, remarkable, frankly. Uh, they were dramatic. And yeah, the, very dramatic. And the, but, the, but till now, I mean, till recent years, terrorism was Israel's problem. They did not see it as a shared concern or right. no matter how much we talked about the growth and how they ignored the growth of Islamic fundamentalism inside Europe and the takeover of the massive uh, population growth. But long before this immigration drive, these problems really began. Right. So, you know, they, they ignored it, but it was, it was always seen it's Israel's problem and maybe Israel's fault. Yeah. Now they're saying, well, if we say that, then we're at fault for what happened in Nice or in the market in Berlin and right. et cetera. Part of the reason, and coming from the other side, part of the reason why after the Bataclan attack, they had to invite Prime Minister Netanyahu to France. You know, remember that whole controversy about who should, right. should, yes, should yes, not and, be. And it was a questionable invitation. Right, exactly. Uh, well, not a wholehearted uh, outreach. So you saw some of the press reaction in the aftermath of the ramming episode, this terrible uh, uh, murder in, uh, in Yerushalayim. And that is the theme of handcuffing the soldiers. There were these rumors that, you know, some of the soldiers there would not shoot. Is there, in fact, some type of cloud over Israeli soldiers at this point because of the uh, decision last week by the military court that sentenced uh, the young man, you know, who's involved in the Chevron episode. I mean, do you think there is, in fact, hesitation now among Israeli soldiers because of what they fear could happen in the courtroom after an episode like this? I don't think at the moment that that's what they thought about. I can't uh, say because this issue has been debated in Israel and it's still continuing about what did these young soldiers remember. Many of them were new recruits. Many of them were very young, uh, many women also amongst them. Uh, and yet uh, it is remarkable how many stood to, to fire at this guy. He was coming, barreling at them. You don't have time to think. You don't have right. time to react. So instinctive reaction is to run away from, from the immediate uh, scene. Uh, and because most were military, I assume that they all felt that everybody would react the, the right way. The, the people in command have since come out and said that they did, in fact, do the right thing, that some of them stood in, and those who were in a position to fire at him did, and that uh, and it was more than one, that was, as was re initially reported. Uh, I guess this is something they will have to address because it's not the first time, it's not the second time uh, that... Uh, soldiers have been targeted in this way. In several instances, they fired. In several instances, they never had a chance to to cock their guns and get ready. Plus, just to add to to what you just mentioned, many of them were not combat soldiers or trained that way. Many were in the education corps. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's so many details right. we just don't know. But the press loves to speculate, and for some reason, the secular media. I, I'm not even quite sure why they loved that story so much or that angle of the story so much. But they were really uh, harping on it. 
that Israeli soldiers, maybe they're hoping that Israeli soldiers will in fact be restricted from taking action like that. Donald Trump's pick to lead the Pentagon defended U.S. policy in support of a two-state solution and named Tel Aviv as Israel's seat of government in testimony before the Senate on Thursday. I'm sure you're familiar with the reaction from the uh, from the people who are hesitant regarding a two-state solution, from the people who desperately want to see Jerusalem as the uh, home of the United States Embassy and as the official recognized capital of Israel. So with that in mind, what's your reaction to the appointment of, to the nomination of James Mattis? Well, he has made some controversial disturbing statements as a private citizen uh, when he was in Aspen at a conference. Uh, and uh, I think, though, that this, you can understand that he is a military guy who came to Israel frequently, even though his command, the central command, does not include, it does, it's Middle East, but it does not include Israel. Uh, and he had a good relationship, and I asked several people in the IDF about this. The, the, but he, what, so he was saying that for me, the capital was Tel Aviv, because that's where the Kiryat, that's where the IDF headquarters are, that's where all the military, you know, um, brass sit. So he said that I, I, for me, it's Tel Aviv. I don't think he understood or was focused on the broader implication. And then later said, well, that's for the State Department uh, to determine it's their business, which is true. But one would have thought that given the hundreds of Republican congressmen have already written a uh, 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 supporting resolution to move the embassy and all of the debate that everybody would have been familiar with it. But uh, so he, he um, I think he, his comments could be explained and, and especially in light of the fact that he supposedly had a good relationship with the many in the idea. By the way, is it is it just the PA and Jordan who who warned that a move of the embassy to Jerusalem would be uh, uh, would be a, a provocative move that would lead to terror in Israel? Are, are there others as well that are you know issuing these warnings? I, I'm just wondering if Jerusalem even you know if they were given the go ahead and you know the United States would encourage the move if if they you know care. That that Jordan, the PA, and others are warning about uh, you know repercussions that could happen. Well, so it's a very complicated story, as you know. The, uh, the Abbas has been traveling around the Arab world, trying <coughs> trying to stir it up and warning that American embassies will be closed, they'll be stormed, there'll be ah. violence. They sort of backed off of those threats, by the way. And now, just like Iran backed off of the threats that if we dare continue the sanctions, you know, there will be all out uh, ramifications, et cetera. And you saw the, how they backed off. Because when it comes to strength, when it comes to saying, to doing the right thing, the question here is doing it the right way, how you do it so that it can't be exploited and made into a provocation. Because in and of itself, having an embassy in the West Bank or recognizing an embassy should not be a provocation. But it is a sensitive issue. And for King of Jordan, who is supposedly, you know, one of the protectors of the holy places, you notice that they did make the reference to the, to the Temple Mount as being the issue, not the fact that they want to put a, a, a shingle up in the, in the, in the western part of Jerusalem, which everybody agrees will always be part of Israel. So the, you know, there are a lot of people who will want to exploit it. It will be the same way that he instigated the intifadas. He can, Abbas can instigate, uh, problems here. I think that this will not just be a haphazard move. I hope not. It will be thought out. And it can be done in a way that, that raises minimal hackles, um, maybe even before it could have been discussed less, but 
you know, there is a principle here, and the principle is that, that there should be a recognition of the capital, and it is American law. We passed it in 95. It's been waived every year, and one of the steps can be that when it comes up for renewal in five months, that the, the, the president um, will, will not waive it, which means then people can get passports with Jerusalem in it. They can do other things that uh, they could not do now, the, um, including maybe the embassy. Right. Uh, the um, uh, office. Correct. The Trump administration. Not the whole embassy. It's not going to move the embassy overnight. And people think, you know, that they're going to, because there's a huge number of employees. And there are buildings in Jerusalem that are consular services. Uh, they have uh, America owns land in Jerusalem wherever they were going to build an embassy. So how there's many, a lot that can be done. How many people, in your estimation, work at the embassy in Israel? It can't be that many. Oh yes, it, many. It's in the hundreds. It's a big building. It's on. It's near the Don Hotel. It's a it's big in building. The, I don't know how many work there, but there are a lot of who are employed there, both Israelis and Americans. So it could be. Um, it could be in the hundreds. And the ambassador, the ambassador, uh, you know, has a very big operation. And one has to credit Dan Shapiro, was an excellent ambassador, a good friend to Israel. Obviously, he's Jewish and very committed personally, and. Um, was there for eight years, and I think every Israeli leader will will tell you that he did a you know, really great job. You know, there's probably an Israeli high tech company that has developed a system that you know within days can easily make the move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. You know, it's probably been developed already because it could be a virtual move. That's exactly right. Exactly. That's part of the the point that you know the the new ambassador who is a very capable person and very committed uh, can hang his his hat anywhere. Where is Yamaka? But I think he can hang his hat, and yeah, um, I, I got and it. Can uh, you know? You don't have to have a, a new building that could become then. You know, and and I have no doubt that Abbas will exploit this for demonstrations. But if they start getting a message, and this applies even more to Iran, I believe, and and but generally in the Middle East and around the world, if they get a message that America is not disengaged, America will be engaged. That America will hold people to account. You know, we, we fired warning shots in in the straits of Hormuz when uh, one of those little fa- IRGC fast ships uh, started harassing one of our uh, of our naval vessels, and nothing happened. And, and that, I told them, even if you blew them out of the water, they won't retaliate because they'll see straight that's what will stop them. That was that's an, the only thing that scares them. That's an Iranian, that's an Iranian, we call it ship or boat. That was an Iranian boat, right? A boat, and and uh, now you're seeing all the announcements this week of how many many more concessions were made about 130 tons of of natural uranium that they got shipped that Russia was sending them. That in addition to all the payouts of money and all the other things, they were they're they're, they're getting shipments of uranium, which is more than they can use in the 15 years till the the supposed breakout period. Uh, they've they've increased by more than double. The amount of money on their military uh, uh, spending between the, from last year to this year, uh, they they are uh, developing, and they're saying that the increased money will go to develop longer range missiles and uh, armed drones and cyber war capacity and all the trouble that they that they make, and the the fact that they announce all these things and they they challenge us, and then we find out. That there, that 200 metric tons of, of yellow cake uranium, uh, that they, it's way beyond what we were given to believe, uh, would, they would be allowed to, uh, to have, and that they're stockpiling it. Why? 
Why are they being allowed to do this? And why are they allowed to produce more enriched uh, and more uh, heavy water, which is also a nuclear product? Um, and then they, and because they go beyond the legal limit, they sell it, and we're paying them for it. And then, then we're telling them, and where the further compensation is, you're going to get more uh, uranium, which can be enriched later. And 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 uh, as one of the experts said, it's enough for for ten bombs. So. You know, there has to be a message that we're going to hold people to account, that we're going to, that, that you can make deals, but they're going to be lived up to. And once we have that credibility, it will give us far more leverage in the way we can carry out things in, in, in the Middle East and around the world. Now, I agree with that. I just think that people might have higher hopes than, than realistic uh, when it comes to new administration in that area. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's now over two well, months. Seventy percent, seventy percent of Israelis, Nachmanists, in a poll that just came out, said that uh, uh, 65% of Jewish Israelis say Barack Obama is pro-Palestinians, but 69% said that they, in another poll, said that uh, they expect Trump to be very friendly towards uh, towards Israel. And those numbers say a lot, but I think you're, you're making a good point, because if you listen to Tillerson, the Secretary of State-to-be, and, uh, and Mattis and stuff, there were things there Correct. that uh, were not... As firm as some people would have expected. That's right. I think the expectation is wrong, um, and we have many. There are many pro-Israel people who have been nominated for this government, and but with every government, you know, America's interests will come first, and they will have to evaluate each circumstance. Right. Well, now, and then the president has to make decisions well, what, what direction it will. Well, take. now it sounds to me like you've been in Israel for more than a day because because it sounds like you've been speaking to Jerusalem officials, frankly, because it's now over two months. We know the enthusiasm in Jerusalem and other parts of Israel when the election results, uh, you know, uh, turned out the way they did back on November the 8th. It's now more than two months later, and I'm curious, and I don't even know if you have a definitive answer for this, I'm curious if that enthusiasm still remains in Israeli Jerusalem governmental circles, or if people, in fact, in powerful positions, in, in you know, one week away from the inauguration, are now wary of just how much support and how much of a warning shot toward Iran the new president is ready to commit to. Did you get that feeling from Jerusalem that it's different than two months ago, the way they're viewing the incoming administration? No, I think that the enthusiasm on the part of government, on the governmental level, remains. But there's a lot of questions, a lot of conf- you know confusions, a lot of uh, uh, which is only natural because they don't know all the players, they don't know uh, you know how everything will translate. But I think there's a, a, a lot of optimism about the direction that things will take in terms of the U.S.-Israel relationship, that they will be able to work together, and Netanyahu, who will not come for the uh, the, uh, president's installation uh, next week, but he will come, uh, it looks like, early on. I think they're even talking about a date when he would come. Um, So uh, on that level, I think, yes, that there are high expectations remain. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hurt feelings. There's a lot of people here uh, from the uh, Barack Obama administration, people who felt, and especially the vote at the United Nations, which has very profound uh, impact here. Uh, people in America already were on to the next thing, and I think the Paris conference they're, they're looking at now, and the quartet meeting, and the fact that the Barack Obama administration is continuing until literally the last minute, which, as you remember, a year ago, I said on your show would be the case that he's and because he told me I'm going to work till the last day and I'm not going to be a lame duck president and that he would deal with his legacy issues and that even about the Palestinian issue coming up at the end. 
So it was all to be expected. Yeah, it's I know. unusual. It's what? unusual, and it's in many respects unfair to a new incoming administration that you go to Paris. So I, I do not expect big things to come out of Paris, as I said to you all along. I don't believe there will be a U.N. resolution. And this starts, Again, and this, Council. And this starts Sunday, right? Uh, Sunday, 70 countries together? The 15th. The 15th, 15th Sunday. 15th. Yeah, it'll go, I think it will go two days or so. Uh, the communique, you know, they always write to communicate before these meetings. Right. I think it will not be particularly onerous. And if you notice, Hollande, the president of France who's convened all this, has started to, to downplay the outcome, the significance. So you have to look at that, the quartet meeting, and on the 17th, the meeting at the United Nations of the regular Middle East debate where, again, all of these issues can be somehow raised Though I, I I don't see, and I think America will not allow another uh, resolution. And most places just don't have a stomach for it right now. All right, a, a million things I didn't get to today. Uh, Malcolm Homelines and Drews. I just a couple of things. Um, it, so the, a February trip by the Prime Minister to the United States is possible, right? Mean, meaning it may not even wait. Uh, to, it may not even wait till March, April. It might even be very quickly after the inauguration, right? There are people who have talked about it, and uh, he had a trip planned. I think Australia and and Singapore in February, uh, but we'll have to see. Also, it depends, I guess, on what's happening with the investigations here, which are the most dominant news story right. of all. Yeah. More and more people are being investigated and being checked. I mean, you know, you know, the press doesn't even give the other side to the idiot story. You know, the, the, on, on the idiot right. and, and this whole thing, I mean, from what I've been told, and this could be just, you know, Maybe I've heard this from partisan voices, but from what I've been told, they approached the prime minister with this whole deal. It's not like he went to you know, to, to go behind the scenes and, and, and make a deal with a major Israeli newspaper. It, it sounds like they came to him. Yeah, the, the, the bad thing here is obviously that they have it on tape and they have, uh, but, you know, you have to know the whole context. You have to know everything that was said. It will come out, but, but it. You know, there, there are numerous, numerous parallel invest issues and investigations going on, but this seems to be the key one, and others were dismissed. And uh, there will be an investigation of those things, uh, you know, why well, the whole process that this took, uh, as we are seeing in the United States, there's some parallels. Yeah. But the, um, you know, but they're very, they're very aggressive here, and the media is uh, very unfair in its uh, portrayal, by and large. Uh, you know, because most of them are, let's say, left of center or yeah. left oriented. By the way, okay, I, I got to go. Rabbi Yudin is, is going to speak to us from Israel as well. I, I just got to say one thing: if he does come in February, March, whatever it is, I'm going to recommend to you. Um, I, I think I think we need some type of uh, of gathering in New York City, maybe in Washington, in support of Israel, because I, I think people are, you know, are many of many of whom. You know, have been down over the last few years because of the way the uh, you know the treatment of the prime minister has been portrayed uh, and has been handled in Washington. I, I I think we could use an event, a public event, not just the events that you you preside over with you know leaders from the community across the country, but a public event where everyone comes out to greet the prime minister. I don't know if that's feasible or doable, but I think you'd agree that it would. Uh, give- yeah, I hope you'll wait till there's warmer weather, which is when we can get more people out. I do agree that I think people need that catharsis. I, I, I welcome some of the events that have taken place this past week. Again, the people give expression. I know people are frustrated. I think you're you're absolutely right in that regard. Um, but we have a, a, a limited window of opportunity between now and Pesach, and then after Pesach again to, to do it. And by the way, I'm going to be in La Jolla at the Hilton with... Um, 
prime uh, Pesach, so for those who have been asking me and sending me emails about it, the, that's the answer. Uh, so we have a window of opportunity now on Pesach to to do something, and it, I think it should be a positive event. Yes, agreed. And can focus a, for a, when the prime minister is here. I'm a, saying I think a, it's a good a, idea. An event, an event could be unifying. An event where the average guy like me could show up and show support for the prime minister of Israel. Simple as that. That's what I'm I think for. guys like you would be very valuable to have you show up and be, be <laughs> present and, and, and give us a view from the top. You I, know? I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> next week, Jerusalem, or next week back in the U.S.? Uh, next week, Friday, uh, I will be in the region until Thursday, and Friday I will be back in the U.S., yes, for sure. Right, we'll speak then. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Enjoy the holy city of Jerusalem. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us for the weekly update Fridays here at JM in the AM. Candlelighting 431 in this area of the world. Monday's a legal holiday. We will be here, everybody. We will be here Monday with live presentation between 6 and 9 with bonus JM beginning even earlier than that. Make sure you are tuned in, everybody, uh, on Monday morning. And, of course, amazing programming today. I'll go through the whole list of what you can expect today. Amazing programming tomorrow night. Amazing programming Sunday. I'll go through everything coming up first. He is in Israel, Rabbi Yudin. We get the opportunity to hear his words from the Holy Land as we close out the book of Beratius. This time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. For me, it's good afternoon. I'm on the way back from Davening Mincha at the Kotel. And I stopped at a gas station on back roads at Sur Hadassah. I'm looking over Haray Yerushalayim. Man, okay. And I can tell you the following, that what a thrill. And there, only, there are certain things you're permitted to be jealous of in the sense that, hey, wish all of you were here. And you should plan to be here. Plan to be here for a visit, to recharge your batteries. Plan to make this your home, certainly when you retire, and if you're smart, even before. This is the place to bring up your children. Now let's start. Good afternoon, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayachi. Incredible. This is the parasha that Yaakov dies. And in this parasha that he dies, the Torah calls it Vayachi, just like why? Because when the Torah describes at the end of the parsha, incredibly, and there are no extra words in the Torah, the Torah says, if my memory is correct, that he picks up his feet, Yaakov Avinu, and he puts them on his bed, and Vayigva, literally he expires, Vayayoseth El Amad, and he was gathered unto his people. The Torah doesn't use the words, Olam Haba. But if you want to see Olam Haba, look in this parasha. What does that mean? It was gathered unto his people. It means that the Shama, after it leaves the body, there is a very special place that it goes to. And that's where the soul of Yaakov goes. And that's where all the souls of righteous individuals go as well. In this parasha, we have the famous Yaakov blessing all his children. Basically, he's saying each one should live up to their potential. And we know that his grandchildren, namely the children of Yosef, Ephraim, and Menashe, he gives them 
that blessing, they are the equivalent of a Ruvain and Shimon meaning that Yosef becomes two Shvatim, two tribes, and he says to his two grandchildren, Bacha Yivarech Yisrael, that literally the two of you will be the model and the usage of how Israel blesses parents, grandparents, throughout the years have been blessing their sons. What's so special about these two fellas, Ephraim and Anasha? And I'd like to suggest one possibility, and that is as follows. All the other Shvatim, the sons of Yaakov, they grew up literally under the tutelage of Yaakov Avinu, that God and Asher and Naphtali and Zvulim, that all of them turned out to be righteous individuals, wonderful. Look who was their mentor. Yosef in Mitzrayim, where literally the culture was so anti what Yaakov and Yosef stand for, and that Ephraim and Menashe are able to overcome the challenge and retain their stronghold on Yiddishkeit. And Yiddishkeit at that point was very few, but listen carefully. It was Emuna, belief in God. It was Brismila. It was not to intermarry, which was very, very challenging for them at the time. And there's a fourth one as well that they, uh, that they had to uh, have. Believe me, Eretz Yisrael, the, the love, the connection with the land of Israel, the bris of Eretz Yisrael. So now, what do we find? These men who underwent the challenge, they were elevated to become Shvatim, Ephraim and Menashe. I'd like to speak today about a different challenge, about the challenge of end of life. Aichi Yaakov, Yaakov prepares, and he looks and turns to the, the son who is able to administer what's going to happen after Yaakov takes leave of this world. Take Yaakov's name out and put your name in. And each person, why we don't want to focus on this on a daily basis, but you've got to take the time out. And you have to um, acknowledge that this is sof kolo adam. This is the end of all man. And therefore, we have to prepare. We have to prepare, first of all, what is known as a halachic will. What does that mean? If you have a secular will and you go to a lawyer and you sit down and you say today that after I pass on, this is how I want my assets distributed, you should know why this is not in accordance with Jewish law. Because after a person passes on, they are not in a position to transfer any of their possessions. You need to make a kinyan. After you, a kinyan is a, a, literally an acquisition to transfer from yourself to somebody else, children, institutions, whatever it is that you're doing. You have to do it mechayim. You have to do it while you're alive. You go to a lawyer who knows Jewish law, and what's happening is as follows. It's still yours until a minute before you die. You can change, and you can say, I don't want to give it to this person anymore. But what you do is, very simply, as of now, you are giving it to them, but it becomes theirs 
a moment before you pass. That's the first thing. The second thing, you need a halachic living will. What does that mean? We all want to die like Yaakov Avinu. Halavai, we will. However, today we know there's, there's circumstances when a person could be in a hospital and things need to be done, and he is not, the patient is not in the position to say, do this or don't do this. Put me on a respirator. Don't be on a Put me on a respirator. Put me, yes, dialysis, no dialysis. Today, unfortunately, just like a supermarket, no, I don't want this, I'll take that. You can go to the hospital and you are the, the balabayas. And the answer is we are not the balabayas. It's not our body. We have one responsibility. Our responsibility is to prolong life. I did not say prolong suffering, prolong life. And halacha acknowledges just that and we want to prolong life. And therefore, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. This story happened, and I, I heard it from a Rav who heard it directly from Rav Zilberstein. A doctor was treating in Israel a terminally ill patient, and the patient said, enough, must pick, pull the plug, I don't want to live anymore, etc." and the doctor complied. And the patient came to the doctor in a dream and said to him, what did you do? Had I suffered and stayed on the machine longer, I would have gone straight to Ganeiden. Incredible, this is what the patient uh, said to the doctor in his dream. And now I have to go someplace else until I will go to Ganeiden. And the doctor comes to the rabbi of Zilberstein, who we all heard of, and he said to him, what do I do? And Rav Zilberstein said, the best you can do is that you will influence your students and other doctors and tell them that what is right and tell them what is, quote, wrong. Dr. Murrah tells us, and this is halacha, it's Shabbos, it's Yom Kippur, and God forbid a building collapses. And what happens? Doctors say the person that's under the building is probably dead. What do we do? Get the bulldozers. Maybe there'll be chayei sho'ah. Maybe there'll be another moment of life. And each moment of life is precious. And that is the very important lesson that we need to take away from Parshas Vayachi. People should understand and know that there is no choice. There has to be a kula bikarka. You have to be buried in the ground. Above ground burial is not in keeping with Jewish tradition and certainly not in keeping with Jewish law. And these things must be known because unless people are aware of this while they are alive, too often children who, quote, mean well, just don't do the right thing. So the halakhic living will, why is that so important? You find and you, in your mind you identify and you put down in writing a relative or a friend who is a proxy who will make decisions with you in consultation with a rabbi and you put down the name of the rabbi. And that way, very simply, I can tell you one more time, we're looking to prolong life and that prolonged suffering. I want to end on a positive note, the note being that my Yaakov, just as Yaakov is, his children are alive, Yaakov is still alive. And that is the message of Parshas Vayachi. I take this opportunity from Sur Hadassah in Eretz Yisrael to wish everybody a wonderful Shabbat and truly Chazak Chazak Venis Chazak. Shabbat Shalom to all.
you're debating which Hamalach HaGoel to play, that's a great way out of that problem. Uh, (laughs) An amazing medley of Hamalach HaGoel selections done by the Maccabees here at JM in the AM. 18 minutes before the hour, 18 minutes away from Naomi Nachman and Table for Two, live from Gourmet Glot. It's happening at Gourmet Glot in Woodmere on Railroad Avenue from 9 o'clock until 10.30 Eastern Time. Boris from Cork and Slice, Dini from Dini Delivers, Shlomo from Royal Wines, Dahlia from Marzaban, and Avi from Chapanash. They will all be guests of Naomi Nachman, a supersized table for two coming up live. Go! It's great weather. Go on out to the Gourmet Glotta in Woodmere on Railroad Avenue and see Naomi do the show live. It's really, really cool. And you'll enjoy the experience. Don't forget, Sunday, it's the um, incredible OU program. Go to OU.org. They'll be at City Field Sunday for Torah in the City. 
Uh, an amazing array of speakers. A lot of people expected. It is going to be, um, it's really going to be quite an amazing uh, day. Kudos to the OU and to the organizers of the event. Um, really a, a phenomenal job. And the to be admired, it is certainly the event that everyone is talking about for this coming Sunday. Uh, go to OU.org for all the details. OU.org for all the uh, details. Uh, coming up after table for two this morning, uh, you'll have the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix, which is remarkable and incredible. A perfect soundtrack for your Arab Shabbos. Plus, of course, Mark Zamek with a Friday live lunch at 12 noon Eastern time. Uh, really an amazing way to go into Shabbos. Try it out. You'll love it on the app, on the phone, through your car speakers with Bluetooth or with your auxiliary cable. Uh, I'm telling you, all the different me- your computer, all the different methods. You'll love it. Check it out all through the day. It's the best way to go into Shabbos. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami featuring Ari Eliezer's Wickler. Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Just a lot happening, a lot going on. Mazel Tov going out to Yosef and uh, Alizo Wartelski. They're being honored at the Darche Torah Dinner, Farakaway Darche Torah Dinner this coming Sunday night. We say Mazal Tov to them. Mazal Tov to the Spiegel and Luxembourg families. The big simcha is Sunday night. Jonathan Spiegel of the Five Towns, Jacqueline Luxembourg of Great Neck, congratulations and mazel tov to Randy and Arthur Luxembourg of Great Neck, to uh, Michelle and Eitan Spiegel of the Five Towns. Big simcha coming up on a Sunday night. We say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Keep in mind, we're trying to convince everybody to at least send a delegation, a representation, but why not go yourselves to the big mega mission of a lifetime, that Mizrahi World Movement is bringing to everybody starting uh, May the 22nd. It's the opportunity to spend the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem in Jerusalem. Simple as that. Uh, all you got to do is go to the web, Mizrahi.org slash YY50 for all the information. Mizrahi.org slash YY50 for all the information. You'll be glad you did. You get the information and you'll be all set to head to Israel with us when we go there for Yom Yerushalayim. And boy, are we looking forward to it. It's uh, Yom Yerushalayim number 50. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. And by the way, um, Simcha Liner was originally scheduled for this week. Then when I wasn't able to make it on Wednesday, uh, we postponed his visit. Now Simcha Liner is scheduled to be live in our studio this coming Thursday here at JM and the AM. Simcha Liner live in our studio this coming Thursday here at JM and the AM. We are very much looking forward to it. Here is Piamenta. <laughs>
though, D is performed by the great Moshe Yes of blessed memory on his amazing guitar. J.M. and the A.M. with candlelighting at 431 here in the New York area. 431, it's Arab Shabbos Parshas Vayechiz. We close out the book of Bracious. Don't forget, we have an amazing Naomi Nachman program. It's called Table for Two. The Aussie Gourmet herself coming up. Table for Two live from Woodmere's Gourmet Glot on Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. Go on over to Gourmet Glot in Woodmere. Visit Naomi. See the show live. It's really cool. She has great guests. Wonderful people coming up at 1030. Our Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. Live lunch with Mark Zamek happening at 12 noon. Tomorrow night, you know about our lineup on Saturday nights, including Saturday night's single with Avrami featuring over by the Elizabeth Wickler. Uh, you've got the Sunday with JM Sunday and Matis starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. So much happening, so much going on. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Nahum Siegel Network. And I recommend you keep it here all through the day. It is the perfect soundtrack for an Erev Shabbos all the way until candlelighting time. Time to say good Shabbos. It's Journeys at JM in the AM.
Kingdom of Israel and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio, heard exclusively around the world at NachumSigl.com, the NSN Network, and of course, our beloved NSN app. And by the way, an amazing pickup by one of our listeners on uh, on the app. Yes, that Keladon was Isaac Betone starring on a uh, an album that he helped arrange uh, for Piamenta. So it's the Piamenta band, but in fact it is uh, Isaac Betone on that selection of Keladon. Very nice pickup by one of our listeners. Coming up next, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman live from Gourmet Glot in Woodmere on Railroad Avenue. Go say hi to the team, say hi to Naomi, and enjoy. And, of course, stay tuned. You can watch the entire live proceedings on our homepage, NahumSiegel.com. You can listen on all of our digital platforms. It is a live presentation. Watch the entire thing on the homepage of our website right now at NahumSiegel.com. And enjoy all the amazing programming all throughout the day and throughout the weekend. Monday, it's a legal holiday, but I'll be back starting at 6 a.m. for Jam and Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Great weekend. Till next time, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.